This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Blue Wire. With the second pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky stepping up, fires down the sideline, Robinson makes the catch. From the Raiders to the Bears, Khalil Mack, now officially in Chicago. Brought down, Khalil Mack! Welcome to the Chicago Shuffle Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Lee, here on December 6th on a cloudy afternoon in Portland, Oregon, as the Chicago Bears have found a way to pluck defeat from the jaws of victory, the Lions' jaws, 34-30, to in a game that can only be described as the final nail in the coffin for Matt Nagy, and uh, the fire is burning up the ladder. One would have to assume Ryan Pace, and if you are to believe Chicago beat writers, uh, maybe Ted Phillips and hell, the, <laughs> the McCaskies maybe need to sell the team. Um, what can you say? What can you say? I, I, my emotions are, are not necessarily attached to the rest of this season. Um, I know that I'm a fan and that I live and breathe these games and I care deeply, but I cannot say that uh, this defeat hurt my feelings all that much. And the reason why I say that uh, is because, look, uh, a Lions victory today, and let's just say they hang on there in the final seconds and all the unbelievably shitty things that went wrong don't go wrong, uh, then the Bears are off the schneid and recovering, and hey, we're back in the playoff mix, and uh, it might stave off the massive changes that seem to be overdue in this organization. So um, that's pretty nihilistic and maybe a little cynical, but I think if you looked at today's game and you've watched not just this season, but last season, it's time to be realistic about the state of this franchise and the direction that it's headed. And that direction is down. I want to start off talking about Mitch Trubisky because why the hell not? We only have a few more games where that's going to be part of our Chicago Bears experience. Um, it, it will no longer be part of the intro music to this podcast, which needs to change soon because uh, Mitch Trubisky, Khalil Mack, who's to say how much longer they're Chicago Bears? Mitch uh, played, honestly, it, call him the lion tamer. And I, I, I know that it didn't work out there at the end, but 
against no other team in the National Football League does Mitch look remotely this good. And uh, the Bears had an unbelievable first half offensively. They were moving the ball, and a lot of it was their ability to run the football. Their best, their most successful day running the football in forever. Three first half rushing touchdowns. It's a fucking joke, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the fact that the Bears couldn't win that game, the fact that the that they managed to blow it, the fact that all these things in their favor aren't enough to to win is really sort of dumbfounding. Uh, 140 yards rushing on 31 attempts. But we're talking about Mitch right now. And Mitch is called the Lion Tamer, not because he uh, beats the Lions, but because he works for the fucking circus. Jesus fucking Christ. All right. So uh, the Bears play a fantastic half of offensive football, more or less mistake-free, and they just run the ball down Detroit's throats. They can't do anything to stop the Bears. And it seems for the first time in weeks, months, years, exceedingly easy to do. Uh, the, the few times that they do fail, it's, it's sort of questionable of how they got there. Allen Robinson's getting the ball in space. Mitch is putting it more or less on him. Uh, an occasional dive for a catch here or there, but he looks good. And then halftime happens, and third quarter bears show up, and they immediately punt the ball away. And it's just another quarter that is spent into the wind I, I i don't know why they've decided to punt on third quarters as a general rule as a team but that is what happened today and everything that was working in the first half all of a sudden goes away the bears were inordinately successful rushing the ball and yet they come out of the halftime and they do a uh QB run option for a yard, and then it's pass, 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 punt. It's inexplicable. Uh, the forest for the trees uh, is is just the name of the game when it comes to a Matt Nagy-run franchise. And whether it's Bill Lazor making these decisions or Nagy chiming in, their inability to see what's working and, and have a holistic view of the game plan and stay ahead of defensive coordinators is sort of unbelievable. Um, you know, call it the the forest for the trees, the plays for the game plan, man. It's, it's truly unbelievable. So we're not talking about what's actually going on here, which is the Bears gave up 34 points on defense. And if you take away the five-yard field that Mitch Trubisky gave them on the fumble at the end of the game, it doesn't excuse the fact that Matt Stafford was throwing the ball from clean pockets all day and absolutely picked the Bears apart. It goes 27 to 42 for 402 yards, three TDs, and a pick to Bilal Nichols, an inexplicable Matt Stafford mistake that will happen from time to time. But it was unbelievably easy. Uh, there was no pressure in his face all day. Khalil Mack had a sack that was called back due to a defensive penalty on Buster Screen. Otherwise, you know, the stats re reflect two sacks for two yards of loss. They're almost coverage sacks or uh, Matt Stafford runs that were stopped just behind the line of scrimmage. Um, this defense has fallen off, and it's happened very, very quickly. And you could say... Akeem Hicks is limited, and Roy Robertson-Harris is out for the year. Um, there's no Eddie Goldman. It's a bad defense all of a sudden. Uh, this was what allowed the Bears to be 5-1 and one earlier this season, was that the defense 
kept the team in games. And look, the Bears scored 30 points today. And legitimately 30 points. Like, you can't really explain it away. You could say Detroit. You could say, um, you know, short fields. You can say that special teams was really uh, doing a good job putting them in a position to win. The Bears moved the ball up and down the field, especially early in this game. And the defense was uh, an outright failure. No pressure, uh, soft coverage. Somehow Chuck Pagano has managed to make both Eddie Jackson and Khalil Mack uh, afterthoughts uh, and, and kind of neutered their game. I understand Khalil Mack is starting to go through more chippy injuries uh, and isn't the force that he was, but he's still one of the best edge rushers in the NFL. He still commands double team every single time the ball is snapped. And for the Bears not to find some way to make teams pay for that sort of scheme is uh, a failure. It's a coaching failure. It's a coordinating failure. It's a failure of his uh fellow teammates and their ability to use the single blocks to get off the ball and uh, wreck the game. It's sort of inexplicable. So here we are. Here we are. The bears are five and seven after being five and one. This is six straight losses. They have lost to the Detroit Lions for the first time in the Matt Nagy era. And where do you go from here? What can you even say? What's next for this team? Next next is the Houston Texans, by the way, who lost a heartbreaker to Indy today. Deshaun Watson is going to show up and absolutely destroy the Chicago Bears. I don't see any way in which the way the defense is playing, the way the offense has struggled all year long and the last two years, you're looking at a situation where Deshaun Watson is going to absolutely run it up on the Bears and uh, really, really hard to see how they'll be able to keep up with him any way, shape, or form. The Detroit Lions were playing without a head coach that they, you know, obviously hated. A GM who uh, hired that head coach. An interim coach, Daryl Bevel, who uh, has shown that he hasn't been able to do the job long term. The Bears were up 10 points with just a few minutes to go with a 96% We'll try that again. Expected win percentage. And I have to say, I hate those expected win percentages because if you've ever bet football or gambled or anything else or counted on a a game to be the result it is, the NFL is just sort of like that, where a team will have a 96% chance of winning and find a way to lose it. And, And if you're a New York Jets fan today or you manage to bet money on the other side of that, You know exactly what I'm talking about. All that said, inexplicable that the Bears lost? I'm sort of just like neutrally dumbfounded by all of this. I'm not sad, again, because this is the nail in the coffin and we don't have to deal with uh, a a late season surge to get to 8-8 and and have ownership decide, well, we've invested so much in this product, let's run it back. It's sort of inexplicable um, and indefensible at this point why you would do anything other than clean house. The Bears are capped out. The defense is aging. And I wanted to make this point, you know, it's it's cherry-picking a little bit, but um, I didn't make this point in the uh, mid-season review that I did with Ricky, the bi-week review, and that is that Ryan Pace, uh, to save his job, to um, save – whatever it is that they've built with this team made a series of decisions in the off season 
that were win now moves that harm this team going forward. And I'll just highlight them ever so quickly. Number one is Danny Trevathan over Nick Kwiatkowski. Nick Kwiatkowski, uh, I'm going to say off the cuff, is 26 years old, perhaps 27. Danny's over 30. Uh, he's NFL old, and he is a leader of the defense, but he's been exposed in coverage multiple times this year. Nick Kwiatkowski is a hitter. Uh, he makes pretty good coin and similar coin to Danny Trevathan, and he's younger. He's an ascendant younger player. Um, that's just one example. Example number two is Jimmy Graham. Uh, a tight end who was supposed to be instant red zone offense and has been completely legislated out of the offense at this point. And if you want to say, well, they're doing that because we've clamored for Cole Komet to get featured in the offense, and he finally is. And by the way, he had you know his first real professional game, uh, his, his first real effect on the game. But Jimmy Graham is being paid a shitload of money to uh, affect the game this year, and he's a no-show, folks. He's sort of out of the offense. One target today, no catches, zero yards, nothing, nothing to speak of. And that money could have gone to any number of things. And then lastly, this is going to be revisionist because um, of the results we're kind of looking at, but to get rid of Leonard Floyd and to bring in, I mean, I, I don't even want to say his name. I, you know, I, I forget his name. I forget his name because he, we've never called it this year. I forget his name because, as a football player, he doesn't deserve to have it called. It's literally another day of him not showing up in the box score. Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn had yet another day of not making any effect on the game whatsoever. Leonard Floyd has more sacks than Khalil Mack at this point. And say what you will about the results of this year, about him being used correctly in the Rams' defense, playing off of a more dominant player in Aaron Donald, the fact remains that Ryan Pace sacrificed the potential of the future for a win-now move. And it's blown up in his face, as so many free agent moves have before. And so, not only has he made incorrect decisions all along the way, a lot of the decisions have been made now in the last year, year and a half, to salvage what was already a sinking ship. And if it had worked, you know, you'd say, hey, they pivoted and uh, this team got the pieces that it needed and look at them go forward now into the playoffs, but it's a results-based business. The Bears are bottoming out and they've made win-now moves that are going to take this team back however many years it, it, it remains to be seen. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visiting Indeed each month 
73% of John. Okay. Uh, according to Comscore, total visits. So it's clear Indeed can help get you the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. They're a 5-7 and seven football team. The last two weeks have been filled with beat writers talking about firings, what they would mean, asking those questions. And now they just lost a, a sort of ridiculous game to uh, the Detroit Lions, who are a bad football team that we're asking to lose. It, it, just a little bit of pressure on Matt Stafford. Just a little bit of run defense. Just one turnover late in the game. One stoppage late in the game. It's just too easy. And you start to question whether or not the Bears are playing as hard as they can on defense. I know that's a really like incendiary thing to say because I'm sitting in my sweatpants uh, talking about this like, you know, I was either on the field or played football beyond high school or anything else. And that's fair. If you go, go ahead. Go ahead and say that. I just can't – I can't not react to what I'm seeing on the field, which is a team that doesn't play with the fire that it did under Fangio, that uh, isn't putting forth the effort, that isn't imposing its will at all on a team. The, the one game we saw it this year, and it's very strange how these two last two seasons have been playing out sort of in tandem – the one game I saw it this year was against Tampa Bay, and they absolutely rocked Tom Brady. And it was people that whose opinion I I value in the the football community. People like Dan Orlovsky that you know, with with all of the issues the Bears were still working through, said this team's front four is good enough to get this team to the playoffs. And all we've seen since then is a front four with an inability to get home. It looks very much like the Bears defense did prior to Khalil Mack arriving, which was a good-ish team that you could throw the ball on all day because they lacked a pass rush, and they lacked a dynamic uh, effect on defense. What do I mean by that? That's just kind of a bunch of word salad. What I mean is that like, if you're an offense playing the Bears, you didn't really have a lot of fear, right? You weren't worried about having your game plan wrecked. You weren't worried about calling plays that took time to play out, that allowed guys to come open. And then Khalil Mack shows up, and it's 2018, and Akeem Hicks is at the peak of his powers. You have Khalil Mack wrecking games, and you have all these complimentary rotation players uh, doing incredible things. And it just made it to the point that uh, not only were game plans being set to get rid of the ball as quickly as possible and allowing people like Eddie Jackson and Kyle Fuller to break on the football. It also allowed it where late in the game, people like Kirk Cousins didn't want to get hit anymore and would throw that shit up for grabs and you'd get that clinching play. And that is just not a part of this defense anymore. We saw the final echoes of a really, really solid roster, a defensive roster, come to an end over the last month. I don't expect to see any big bumps in the next few weeks. I think um, I think we all kind of understand that this is now playing out the string of a season. They're 5-7. and seven. They still have games against the Texans, Vikings, Jags, and Packers. 
look, the Texans are a struggling franchise, but Deshaun Watson is a killer. Uh, he's a winner, and he'll find a way. And against a defense that, you know, seems to be on their heels, play in, play out, I, I would expect to see 25 to 30 points next week. The Bears scored 30 this week, but that's a minor miracle. You can't expect to see that a couple weeks in a row. Are the Bears going to shuffle again? Are they going to take out Mitch Trubisky? Are they going to bring back Nick Foles? You're shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic at this point. Let's say they lose next week. That's 5-8. and eight. Then you have the Vikings in Minnesota. And the Vikings have been trying to lose games and finding a way to win them at the end for the last few weeks. Um, but they're, at this point, a better football team than the Bears. Certainly a better running team. And if the Bears finally are able to put together a, a few drives on offense, it only makes sense that the defense would finally fade away. Look, I, I give the Bears credit for realigning their offensive line, for finding a way to move the football these last few weeks. And it sucks. It sucks that the defense has um, lost their way where it seems like, wow, th- no matter what we do, we just can't seem to find any any sort of success as a team. And that's just sort of where we are right now. Um, the Vikings can run the ball on anybody, and Dalvin Cook is an all-world player. And it's a divisional game. So there's a possibility for a win there. Let's say that. Let's say these are both struggling football teams that week to week you don't know what you're going to get. So there's a possibility there. And then there's the Jags who, you know, speaking about the Vikings, took the Vikings to overtime today, almost beat Browns last week. It's the Mike Glennon revenge game. <laughs> it's like the ghost of, of you know, former Bears past or possible Bears past. Deshaun Watson, uh, Mike Glennon, and then uh, that one last nail in the coffin this season where the Packers are going to come to Chicago and the Bears are going to be, oh, they'll be five and nine, six and nine. Uh, six and nine, five and ten, somewhere in there. That's that's sort of what we're looking at at this point, and that will be the final nail in the coffin. And the question for me is, uh, are we? Is Matt Nagy going to be on the sidelines for that game? Are we even going to see him there? Will the Bears make an incredibly drastic decision to clean house before that final game, which is not in uh, this ownership's nature? It's not usually how they do business, and I mean the Trustman fiasco and Emery fiasco, even with that going on, they finished out the season. And I mean, that was a fiasco. This is not that bad. I know it, it might feel like it in the moment, but that, that was, that was worse. There were a couple turds on the roster. That team was falling apart. There was finger pointing, you name it. This team has uh, a lot of great guys and, <laughs> You can just tell, you can tell from the tweets of former players, current and former players, by the way. Tariq Cohen is a great follow, a Twitter follow during games, because that dude speaks the truth. And he uh, lives and dies with this team, and it sucks to not have him out there on the field. You can tell what juice he gives, uh, not just the offense, but the team in general. Um, But people like Kyle Long, uh, Lance Briggs, just outright saying, Nagy's going to naggy. He's vocally out on this uh, Bears group. It's over, guys. It's over. And I cannot overstate how excited I was uh, during 2018, how much fun it was to have a team with an absolutely dominant defense that we all knew, and then an interesting kind of um, 
forward thinking, you know, uh, cutting edge of football offense. And it changed on a dime. It changed on a dime. The league figured out the RPO system and what Mitch Trubisky was able to do. And ever since then, it's been a patchwork quilt. And there have been all these like signs along the way, these canaries in the coal mine. For me, the one that I'll never forget and I'll bring up for years and years is during the Zoom virtual NFL draft this year when we were in Matt Nagy's personal war room, his beautiful mind room of all the game plans ever that he has taped up on his walls. And I just, if you didn't know then that there was something wrong, that this wasn't going to end well, then I don't know what to tell you because that terrified the shit out of me. Matt Nagy is a good dude. He wants this really bad. He is a specialty play designer. He is part of an offensive staff. He is not a play caller. And he can't get out of his own way when it comes to um, the activities of a game, but more specifically of being a teacher of the game of football, of emphasizing the correct details and making sure everyone knows what they need to do. It, it's sort of inexplicable. Um, you can go to, all the way down to the players making tiny plays and you can say uh, the coaches underneath him, um, there's really no one ascendant underneath Nagy that's gone on to success because uh, he hasn't built up anyone. It's been bringing in other guys that have uh, had success or had roles elsewhere and trying to make this patchwork quilt of an offense using 19 cooks in the kitchen. The wait is finally over. Football is back. I mean, it's been back for a while, but now it's extra back. You might not be at a game this year, although you might. They just keep rolling them in there every week. There seems to be 2,000 more people sneaking in. But you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Sorry, tangent. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. You can be like me, where you bet a four-team teaser and feel awesome about it and win the first three games, and then unknowingly, Aaron Rodgers shits the bed against the Buccaneers, and your teaser dies again, and you live to play another day. Head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Back to the game just for a minute. Let's just talk about this, like what actually happened here. So it's third and four, and the Bears are trying to run out the clock. It's a it's a quick out to Allen Robinson. After seven targets and six catches in the first half, it's the first target of the second half for Robinson. Sort of inexplicable that it got that far. Um, and Robinson takes the ball and runs out of bounds. He runs out of bounds. He, he doesn't stay in bounds to run the clock and he doesn't reach for the first down marker. Now he catches the ball on a comeback and then tries to like wheel around thinking that he's going to have a guy right on him. 
but he doesn't. He doesn't, and it just looks terrible. And after a few weeks now of getting in the mentions of people criticizing him and the Bears, it's just catnip for, you know, the sports hater, sports commenter guy, PFT commenter in real life that's just looking to dunk on somebody. And Allen Robinson looks really dunkable on uh, this week. And it makes me sad because he's one of the best wide receivers in, in team history. And even more so, he's going to be on another team next year. It's done. The Bears aren't going to franchise him. They're just going to start shedding salary. And he will be another in a long line of wasted uh, top-level talent. Uh, he's going to go the way of Alshon Jeffrey. And I would say Allen Robinson is is a significantly better wide receiver than Alshon Jeffrey. But it's the same sort of situation where because of the management of the team, because of the way that it's headed, and um, the way that he's used in the offense and the quarterback that he has, that dude is going to bad blood his way out of town. And to have turned Allen Robinson, one of the good teammates in football, one of the team players in football, sort of against the team that he's on. Part of that is contract. Uh, I think a large part of it is contract. But a lot of it is just the way in which he's used and the offense that he plays in to have soured him on playing for the Chicago Bears. Again, we talk about these canaries in the coal mine. So did he make an absolute shit play today that was in a critical moment that was a winning play he didn't make? Yes. Is he responsible for that? Yes. Have there been a number of 50-50 balls this year that he should have caught, uh, that he should have made the play on that he didn't? Yes. Is he still one of the better wide receivers in the game? 100%. It's just another thing to look at in the this year where everything started right. We used up all our good luck right at the beginning. Everybody knew that this wasn't entirely real, but hey, a record is a record. You're 5-1. and one. And then every single thing has come home to roost uh, here in the mid to late season. So uh, lastly, leastly, where we started, Mitch hasn't made a turnover all day, has a really good statistical day. He's very, very safe with the football. He um, Let's see what he finished with. 26 of 34 for 267, averaging 7.9, one touchdown throwing, uh, engineered four scoring drives, uh, the Bears are four for four in the red zone. They did okay on third down. Uh, there were certainly some struggles there, and you wish he'd use his legs a little bit more. But uh, they're four of 11 on third down, and for the Bears, that's pretty good. 389 total yards. That's one of the best outputs they've had this year and in the um, the Nagy era. Uh, yeah, it, it, it really, you know, it's just the one play, isn't it? It's just the last drive where on the in the shadow of the goalpost, he drops back to pass. It doesn't seem like a dirty pocket. It doesn't seem that bad. And uh Effetti gives up uh gives up the edge, gives up the rush, and the dude just slaps the ball out. Effetti drops on the ball, squirts the ball out. Trubisky can't get on it. And, uh, yeah, Detroit's got it on the five-yard line. And I got to tell you guys, you just knew right away that Detroit was going to be able to run the ball right down the defense's damn throat. I, that's the hardest part for me today is not that the Bears lost because, frankly, you're talking about draft position and moving on from coaches at this point, uh, however cynically you want to term that. But just to see the defense just give it up like this, 
that hurts because that was the one thing I felt like we had uh, as a football team that was really, really good. So uh, down performances across the board on defense, save for uh, Bilal Nichols, who gets the first interception of his career on a botched uh, Lions screen that went right to him. Fantastic play. First time I've seen a game-changing play for the defense in a minute. And then uh, you really feel bad for David Montgomery, who 17 carries for 72 yards, two touchdowns. Cole Komet as well. I mean, let's 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 give credit where credit's due. That's actually a little bit of good news. Five catches on seven targets for 37 yards in his second NFL touchdown. Finally being used effectively in the offense. Um, you really you really kind of like that. And then just the overall uh, outlay of the ball, like the spread. Allen Robinson, six catches. Anthony Miller had a decent game. Actually broke a couple tackles. Uh, five catches on five targets with a couple. He had one like really great shoestring catch. Um, really looked good out there today, save for, again, running in traffic, holding the ball in one hand. It's it's just inexplicable. And there will be yet another day where the ball comes out. I, I don't understand how th- three years into his career, either via coaching or or his own personal development, how he still carries the ball that way, especially given the fact that he puts the ball on the turf uh, regularly. It's inexplicable. I've said inexplicable about as many times as the Bears made shitty plays today, so that's what you get. Every shitty play, I say inexplicable. Darnell Mooney, who is questionable to play, four catches, 43 yards, looked good out there. Uh, Montgomery, you know, 40 more yards uh, in, in the passing game, which is fantastic on four targets. He was really, really effective. And Javon Wims comes back from his boxing match to make a, a critical third down catch for 13 yards. Cordero Patterson, good on returns. Um, got him in the passing game, got a nice play there. And then um, pretty good in the run game. 10 carries for 59 yards. Man, it, the formula is there for a very obvious win. I still kind of can't believe the, the Bears blew it. And I'm only happy, and happy is probably not the word, I'm I'm only able to stave off being genuinely upset because this hastens the end of this really shitty chapter of Bears fandom. I'm ready to move on. I don't know what's next for this franchise. It obviously seems like yet another inflection point in for ownership, for management, in the way that they do business. It's not like this has been absolute shit from the beginning. I think there were best intentions all along the way. But uh, if you look at the trend lines, if you look at the way this is headed, it is time to stop doing what they're doing and head in a new direction. It's Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, I am now wondering if we're going to wake up on Monday with an interim head coach. That's how far we've come and how quickly. As it is, the Bears lose today 34-30 to to the Detroit Lions, who are both 5-7 and seven now. They're at the bottom of the division. Um, wow. Wow. I, wow, guys. Wow. I, I can't believe they lost this fucking game. Bottom of the division – out of the the hunt for the playoffs. I don't think you can even fool yourself into saying that they're still in the mix. And we are here searching for answers. And uh, we're going to hear a lot of platitudes in the press conferences to come. Uh, we've already seen some tweets, some comments, things like that. Some snipes of guys being upset with the way they're used, the plays that are called. And I think after a certain level of frustration, it's pretty understandable that that's going to start to happen. So we'll see where we go from here. Uh, can this 
team hold together in the face of incredible frustration and failure uh, to do the things that they set out to do this year? And what does that mean for the rest of the team and how long ownership is going to hang in there? But uh, as far as I'm concerned, you'd have to say this is going to be the end of things for Matt Nagy, likely Ryan Pace. And if not this week, if it's not the way that the Bears do business by firing someone midseason, if the Packers come to town and beat the Bears as we all expect them to in the final week of the season, I'd be surprised to see Matt Nagy make it to the final press conference of that game. I'll just say that. As it is, we'll be here next week to talk about the developments in this insane franchise and this insane fandom that I continue to participate in 35 years on. And I cannot wait. I I'm, I'm emotionally detached. So let's just take it in, breathe it in, enjoy the last days of this generation of Bears, enjoy the last weeks of Mitch Trubisky experience, enjoy uh, the last weeks of Allen Robinson as a Bear. Is Khalil Mack going to be back after this year? It, are you know are any of these guys like enjoy the players that you like on this roster because uh, they're not likely to be here for long the way things are going. That's it for now. Uh, five and seven Bears may be coming back next week to try to get a win and uh, protect what's left of this uh, godforsaken season. We'll see you then after they've played the Texans. For now, I would say go Bears, but really just go away, Bears. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.